the blast from our past network. This week on Talking Back, Hulk versus Wolverine. Place your bets. Talking Back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me today is co-host Dean. And this week, we are doing a battle for the ages. Ooh, it is. It's the question that's on everybody's mind. That's true. That's true. It was on my mind. I know that much. Who would win in a fight, Hulk or Wolverine? Let's find out. Um, Are you a Hulk or a Wolverine guy? Oh, Wolverine, hundred percent. I yeah. I find yeah. I I've tried to get into Hulk, and I just can't. I don't know what it is, but for me, not interesting. And I'm not a Hulk hater or anything. It's just it's by far Wolverine. Like Wolverine's one of my favorite characters. Hulk is not even in the conversation. Okay, I'm a Hulk guy. Well, uh, what? Yeah, yeah, dude. I don't read a lot of Hulk. Um, I read far more Wolverine than Hulk, but. As characters go, I I prefer the Hulk. I just think he I think he's a more interesting character. And and here it is. We're a retro podcast. So Hulk was the first comic book I ever had. Oh, cool. I, I had it when I was like, I think I was five years old. And I remember, I don't know who gave it to me, but I had uh it was the original Hulk story, but it wasn't like the original Hulk comic book. Like that would be right. The, at least I, I like to think that it wasn't because I'd hate to think that I actually had that. But it was like that first story where it's like him uh, like fighting the army. <laughs> like he turns cool. into the Hulk yeah. and the army chases him. Uh, I loved it. Um, I just remember yeah, w- reading that thing in the basement and it was the coolest thing. So I'm a Hulk guy. Interesting. But that's that's yeah. good. So the, the, your, um, your blue bin of comics that I dug into – and, uh, you know, got some comics out of when I was really getting into reading comic books. I yes. took three things from you. I took a Batman, a Spider-Man, and a Wolverine. And that Wolverine was great. I got so into it. Those three things that I pulled from you, if I pulled, that, like, three different things, I could not be a comic reader today. Because what I pulled from your bin is what really, like, hooked me on comics. And uh, they were all great. And that Wolverine story, again, it was actually, kind of like you're saying, it was a origin story. It was a Wolverine uh origin story or it might have been more like he was trying to figure out where he was from he was trying to figure out his origin um and i just like got totally hooked on that so i that's i became a wolverine guy right there yeah that was a good run i had a run of about 10 issues uh yeah very good for 40 to 50 i believe right around there that was cool well the problem with my blue bin is that if you were to search high and low, you would have only found one Hulk book. And it was actually a Spider-Man book that Hulk was in. So I don't even have any Hulk. Yeah. But that's neither here nor there. No, okay? I don't think I have I like any him. Hulk on my shelf. I like the guy. No Hulk on your sh- Hulk on your shelf. No Hulk on my shelf. It's like the elf on the shelf, but it's the Hulk on yeah. the shelf. That's what I was picturing. He'd be so <laughs> heavy. He'd break through your shelf. He'd put him on there and he just, your shelf would break. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, when I was a kid, I had Wolverine toys. Did not have a Hulk toy. So what we're doing is Ultimate Wolverine versus Hulk. Now, this is a six-issue series that ran from 2005 to 2009. 
which is very interesting because that's really a large long. gap of time. <laughs> For six issues, it's pretty long, Tim. Yes, I know. I realize that, Dean. Issue one and two are released in late 2005 and early okay. 2006. Then the series is canceled. Until the, yeah, until the writer agrees to write all the remaining scripts, which doesn't happen until 2008. And the final four issues of the series hit shelves in early 2009. Okay. So big gap. Big gap. The writer in question here is Damon Lindelof. You bet yes, it is, man. That is correct. You heard me correct, Dean and listeners. Well, Dean, you already knew this. Listeners, right. you heard, oh, listeners, hey, how are you guys doing? Thanks for joining this week. Um, we're looking forward to another fun podcast. Hope you enjoy. But yes, Damon Lindelof, if you don't know who that is, he helped produce the Star Trek 2009 reboot. He helped write the TV series Lost. He helped write the alien movie Prometheus. He helped write Star Trek Into Darkness. He helped write World War Z. He helped write Tomorrowland. And yes, he took some time out of his busy schedule to write Ultimate Wolverine versus Hulk. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, weird. Like, here's the thing. That's why it took so long, because this is prime time for Lost. Like, he is not only, like, producer and helped write, like, he's the showrunner, which means he's making all of the decisions. Um, he might not be writing an episode, but he's coming up with the ideas for the episodes. So, um, this, he's, he is fully into Lost right now, you know, huge hit. So, great idea to have him write a comic, but uh, like he's kind of a busy guy. So he didn't really have the time to put in to write these things. Very cool that this guy would write a comic book. Um, this is not the only comic book he wrote. He wrote a single issue for some other weird, obscure. I read that shit, Tim. Did, did you read, read that? that? You read yeah. that? It was an anthology series on time travel. And so I'm like obsessed with time travel. So I picked it up and everybody had a small issue in there. Um, like there was, there was maybe 10 to 12 issues in there about time travel. And his story was in here and it was really, really good. I, I really enjoyed it. I can't remember exactly what it was called. It was called like time stamp or time lapse or something like that. Yeah, something um, like that. Yeah, but it was, it was, uh, that was actually the first comic of his I had read. That's cool. I think that was like a, a comic back in... I want to say the eighties. And then I think the one that he wrote, they kind of like brought it back for a, a one-off shot in cool. uh, 2013. It was probably around when you read it, but that's cool. cool. I might give that a read then. That sounds pretty neat. I like time travel. Yeah, I liked it. I, it was, uh, it was pretty good. A lot of little stories about time travel. So it was pretty cool. Oh, neat. I'm going to check that out. Oh, you know what I'll do? I'll forget to post that on social media this oh, week. Perfect, Tim. That'll be good. Sounds great. <laughs> yeah. I'll forget to post that for the listeners. Uh, art on this one was by Lionel Francis Yu and colors by Dave McCraig. And I enjoy both the art and the coloring in this book. I would say it's very nice. Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, pretty solid. Yeah, it's pretty solid. It's pretty solid. It's a little bit, it's a little bit rough. Uh, I think it's rough on purpose and I'm, I'm not really offended by anything. I just think it's all really solid. Definitely nothing wrong with the coloring. And no. uh, the art style is just, as I mentioned, a little bit scratchy, uh, but it it totally fits. I think it's scratchy when it needs to be. It's clean also when it needs to be. And yeah, yeah I think they did a really good job on it. I think scratchy art, um, in, in my opinion, excels when it's in action. And there's some good action in here where that scratchy art is really excelling. Um, 
specifically when we get later, later in the comic. I like some fast paced stuff that's going on. There better be some action in this book. Hulk (laughs) versus Wolverine. Could you imagine if there wasn't wasn't any action? Oh, that'd be a fail. (laughs) That'd be a huge fail, man. Yeah. No, there's lots of action in this one. And we're going to get right to it right now. We're going to get right into the action. I just want to get to the action. I want to get right into the action. Okay. First, Tim, before we jump into it. Okay. Yes. What? Are you a Lost fan? Oh, I love Lost. Yeah. Okay. Me too. That's it? That's your question? <laughs> I guess so. I just, I, I'm a huge Lost fan. It's, it's actually one of my favorite shows. Um, I know it doesn't end too, you know, too high, but uh, for me, it's it's great. I love the entire series. So I'm a, I'm a Damon Lindelof fan. Okay. Yes. I'm a Lindelof fan. I'm a Lost fan. I definitely think that around the season four to five mark, that sucker just slowed all the way down for me until they got into the final season and then it sped back up. And then the ending just fell flat for me. So as a whole, it's a really tough call whether I want to put this in like one of the best series. I don't really call it a best series or I don't really recommend when someone says like, hey, what's an amazing television series to watch? I don't say Lost, but I'll tell you what, those first three seasons are some of the best seasons of TV that you can find. Unfortunately, I think they just extend it too long. I, I think they ran out of ideas and they were just trying to like milk the cash cow. If they had ended it at season four, that would have been one of the tightest series that yeah. you could ever imagine. Um, I also picked up the video game that oh, cool. Lindelof wrote the story for and I didn't get very far in it, but I played it and it was super cool. It was That's a cool. very, very cool uh, video game that I just, when I kind of uh, was doing research for this episode and I came across that i was like oh that's cool i have that game i actually didn't realize lindelof wrote that and i was having a lot of fun with that when i was playing it i just didn't you know often there's so many it's like comics there's so many video games out there that you just sometimes you just can't stick with one for too long you got to move to a new one if it's just not doing everything for you so uh but yes yes i'm a lost fan yeah I 100% agree. Like, I think that is what happened. I think they, you know, were just trying to extend it. It was the biggest show, right? So they tried to extend it. Um, I am still a huge fan of those later uh, seasons. I know a lot of people do not like five, but for me, five, like, is where time travel really starts to happen. And so I like, I just a sucker for time travel. It doesn't really matter what you do. If you have time travel, one of my favorite things, I'm going to watch that shit. Um, So it's, I really still enjoy those final seasons, but yeah totally get it i totally get that people don't so the book starts off very nice with a battered and bloody wolverine lying on the ground and he just says ow and then on the very second page we already get to see the hulk rip wolverine in half in half clean in half in half in half dude what a way to start dude in half what a way to start a book wolverine gets ripped in half he's in half i turn to this page I'm so shocked that I there's I don't know whether to ask why did the Hulk rip Wolverine in half or why doesn't he rip everybody in half? I've never seen the Hulk rip someone in half before. So this is just an amazing thing to be happening. And also, why is he doing it to Wolverine? Great start. Love it. That's, that's the best second page of any comic I've ever landed on, I think. I like that you just get thrown right into it. Like you have this right into quiet it. page, quiet page at first where he's lying. And, and you know, the, the, I mean, the art is so smart because you don't see the bottom half of Wolverine. You just see him lying there, but it's just yes. his top half. And then all of a sudden the second page being ripped in half, not no lead up, no nothing, just 
Hulk with uh, the top half of Wolverine in one hand, the bottom half of Wolverine in the other, over his head, ripped in half. Yeah. Great start. I'm on board. That was a flashback from three and a half minutes ago. So, which is funny. Let's do a three and a half Lindelof is doing his Lindelof thing. (laughs) (laughs) He's working with time travel, Dean. You must have loved this book. He's working with time travel. He's working with telling stories in in the past, in the future. And like, he's doing all of his tricks in this book. Yeah, nice. Okay, so we cut back to present day. Okay, three and a half minutes further into the future, back to present day. And Wolverine sits up and it's only his upper half. His intestines are, are sticking out. He's yeah. kind of like sitting there like, oh, okay. He's on, on top of a snowy mountain and he says he can smell his legs four miles away, which is <laughs> wow. amazing. That's but amazing. What's, what's more amazing is he says it's not just four miles away, it's four miles up. Yes. So Hulk threw them four miles further up the mountain. Cool. And it's just, it's, that's so great. Just the, yeah. the way they're introing int- this, it's so much fun i'm so on board with this comic i just uh, it just hooked me so fast with the stuff they're doing yeah well you can already tell that uh lindelof is being sort of smart and he's trying to bring something you know a little bit new tell the story in a little bit of of a new way and even just that legs are four miles away i can smell them they're four miles up like it's just a cool way to say that i don't know it's like it's he's good at storytelling right right away now wolverine does what anyone would do in this situation and just starts climbing just starts climbing up of course yeah then we do another flashback here to wolverine meeting with nick fury this is some really classic wolverine here and i just i'm a big fan of what they're doing uh they're having a conversation here and wolverine eventually says that he can smell the two women behind the painting in the room uh Fury opens up a secret door behind the painting and we meet Betty Ross and Jennifer Walters who work with Nick. Yes. And Nick Fury, like everybody knows, he's like a sneaky motherfucker, right? Like Nick's always doing stuff behind your back. He's always doing whatever he needs in order to get done what he needs done. So he's lying to you. He's lying to your face, always doing that sneaky stuff. And I love it when somebody has the upper hand on him. And in this in this scene, it is Wolverine who gets the upper hand on him because he knows there's people spying on him. He can smell. He has the senses. I love Nick feeling like he's in charge and he's actually not. Mm-hmm. They, they did a nice job also of showing it from the perspective of Wolverine. But then later on, I'm not really going to get too much into it, but later on, they also showed it from the perspective of the the two ladies behind the, po- the, behind the picture, which was yes. kind of neat. So you almost get like the same scene twice, but from different points of view. Uh, it, was, it was really interesting. They do a lot of interesting storytelling techniques in this book that make it a lot of fun. It's a very, that's a very cool mechanic to to tell the exact same story just from a different perspective. And then later, you know, tie things up together in the end. I think, I think this, this book's doing a lot of stuff and that's like, that's one of the things that's really cool about it. So it turns out that Fury had nuked the Hulk and they thought he was dead, but there's been some unexplained incidents. There was a bombing in Paris but no bomb material was found. There was a cattle massacre in Ireland and they just blamed it on wolves. And there was an earthquake in India, but there was no fault line 
and there were no aftershocks. They also found some Hulk poop. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. And interesting enough, there's a finger in it. What's he eating people for, he, Tim? He, he ate some... Well, he at least ate someone's finger. He Maybe he ate, ate more than that. Yeah. <laughs> True. So that's curious. This <laughs> yes. uh, That's not the Hulk I know and love. No, I've never had a finger in my poo. Well, no, of course not. You're just checking, Tim. I'm just checking. You're the Hulk fan. Just making sure you didn't have a story about a finger in your poo. I don't know. I'm just going to keep going. I could. We could get into some poop conversations here, but I don't think that's what the listeners no, tuned no, no, in no, for no, this fine, week. So yeah, keep on rolling here. It seems, Dean, like the Hulk survived the nuke, which is a fairly uh, impressive feat. Uh, definitely, yeah. Uh, definitely. Why did, Have they said by now why they nuked him? Yes, they, they tell us that he killed 800 people in New York yes. and was tried for mass murder and then executed for it. So there is there is that. There is that. He yeah. did do that. There's that. Specifically, Tim, he killed 815 people, which is 815, a lost thing, flight 815. Two oh, numbers that are part of the numbers are 8 and 15. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. Nice poll, so, Thank you. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think, I, I don't know what story happened before this and like whether whether we actually read about Hulk killing all those people. But I feel like he put that in this book. He put 815 in this book. Uh, yeah. But I think yeah. Lindelof put it in this book. Oh, I, oh, I would, I would 100% okay. think that. Yeah. That, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think this Hulk killing people had happened before this book. So, yeah. This is in this book. Okay. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, Dean, also uh, a cool thing. Eight multiplied by two minus one is 15. That's true, Tim. So, that's true. I don't know how I don't know how that plays into the book at all, but yeah, that's it's something. something. It's I'm something. just trying to I'm trying to pull a cool fact like you just did. <laughs> it's more of a math fact. I th- like we're we're even. And we're not I good at math. And you got Neither one. of us are it's... really good at math, so I think it might <laughs> be a pretty good cool... at math, Tim. Oh, are you? Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you were bad at. I thought we were both bad at math. Well, I've had poor math moments on the podcast, but that's because we drink beer. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, anyways, it was S.H.I.E.L.D. who carried out the attempted execution on the Hulk. So Fury now needs Wolverine to find the Hulk and kill him again, but kill him for real this time. Sounds great. He needs him dead for, he needs him dead for real. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if a nuke can't do it, send in Wolverine. Send in a different kind of nuke. Yeah. Nice one. Thanks. This was interesting. They say that they want to find and kill Bruce because they tried to kill the Hulk. That didn't work. They think what they need to do is kill Bruce. So that's cool and important for later. So this conversation with Fury and Wolverine, I really loved the art style that they were using um, and some of the choices they were making art wise in this scene. I just thought it was really cool. I, I, had trouble taking my eyes off the page uh, mm-hmm. in this scene. It's it covers I don't know maybe eight pages, but they were drawing Wolverine in a really cool way. So he looked like this cowboy vagrant, right? Like he looked like his classic yeah. traveling lost Logan, but he had this really wicked cowboy hat on. But what they were doing was with the use of his cowboy hat and dark shadows, 
you never really get to see his eyes. His eyes are yeah. always covered up. Uh, except for maybe like one panel, you can see his eyes because he like lifts his hat up to look. But he's always just like hidden and away. And I just I love the idea that you can you can read somebody like by looking them in the eyes, and he's just hiding he's hiding his eyes the whole time. And totally, I really really appreciated it and wanted to call out to it because I thought it was really cool. Created a real sense of like darkness and mystery to his character at that at that moment. Yeah, definitely. I think the whole the whole scene is um, you're really trying to figure out, at least I was when I'm reading it, why Wolverine would exactly do this, why he just agreed to go kill Hulk, um, which is, you know, when I first saw that ripped in half Wolverine, I'm like, what happened? How did we get to this point? So when I'm reading this, I'm like, why is he going to go after him like this? Why would he do it? And then that panel, which you see his eye, that one panel you see his eye is when he's telling us why he'll do it. And he just says, you said he was tough, so it'll be fun. So right. you, you, like, you know, since you haven't been seeing his eyes at all, you know, when he looks at you and you see his eye and that's what he says, that's the truth. That's he is the truth, actually yeah. just doing it because he also wants to know who the toughest is. It's not just you and me, Tim. Wolverine also wants to know who the toughest is. And I thought that was really cool and really powerful that they got it across to us just by his eye that we know, okay, that is why he's doing it. Mm-hmm. Well, he just wants to have some fun. That's all. His life is boring. Yeah. I mean, it seems really stupid that you would go after the Hulk and try to kill him because clearly you can't kill the Hulk. Nobody has ever killed the Hulk before. A nuke didn't kill the Hulk. But what's interesting is that you can't kill Wolverine. Exactly. He's never been killed either, I guess, except for that, uh, that one movie. Logan. The Logan movie. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen that movie. Yeah, he's been killed in the comics recently, and he was dead for over a year, I think. But uh, not at this time. Not at this time when this comic was being written. Right. You can't, don't, those com. you know what? That new comic series, whatever it is, where he gets killed, that's not canon in my brain. Because you can't kill Wolverine. Exactly, yeah. That's like killing no, the Hulk. Like saying the Hulk yeah. dies. Or, um, <laughs> so Wolverine basically agrees to this job of assassinating Hulk that Fury gives him. He's like, yep, okay, I'm going to do it. So we cut to him in Tibet, and we learn that it's four hours before their initial battle, that battle scene where he gets ripped in half. And he's doing what anybody would really do before fighting the Hulk. He's at a bar getting hammered. He's hitting the whiskey, man. He's hitting the whiskey, dude. It looks like, I counted, it looks like he had eight whiskeys and a pint of beer. Nice. That's a fun night. That's how you go into a fight with Hulk. You you can't be rigid. You got to be loose. You got to be smooth. You got to be relaxed. That's how you fight the Hulk. That's totally true, Tim. That is, number one, how you go in and fight the Hulk. Number two, that's how you and I see a movie at the theaters. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. (laughs) Get some shots, get some beers, watch a movie. (laughs) So Wolverine picks up a scent on this guy at the bar and follows him up a mountain and finds a door. It's now 23 minutes before he gets ripped in half. So this is probably the door to the Hulk. Yeah. I'm guessing <laughs> this is the door to the Hulk. To so. I, think that, I think that scent thing is really cool because he already asked, uh, like before he asked for Hulk's scent so that he could then follow. So then later on, they don't explain it at all. He just sniffs 
sees the guy and starts following him. So we know as readers, that guy must have been in contact with Hulk because this is what Wolverine's on. He's on the scent. It's, uh, I thought it was really neat. Yeah, that's cool. I think this guy's maybe bringing supplies or something. I'm not, not too sure. Yeah, I actually have no idea what this guy did or why he's in contact with Hulk, but he's, he was. Okay, spoiler alert, he's bringing more women. Uh, that's probably true. So Wolverine goes through the door and sees the Hulk and 45 scantily dressed women. You counted them. I had to count. I had, I had to. to. <laughs> it was literally a page with the Hulk yeah, and then a complete full page of women. Some were naked. Most were in, yeah, most, yeah, <laughs> yeah I didn't. You had I, to count uh, for research. I, I counted heads. Yeah. I counted right, heads. Right, okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Just to be clear, yeah. I counted heads. I didn't look at anything else. I counted right. the heads. Right. There were 45, 45 female heads in there. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Yes. Yes, that's true. There are 45 female heads. Um, I, no, I didn't see this myself, but I read somewhere that some of them were naked. Some of right. them were scantily clad. Some of them were in bikinis. They were all very attractive. Someone mentioned online that they were all very attractive. I don't know. About right, that. right. But they were there were forty five of them. So okay, they, they like the Hulk. Too. They like the Hulk. They love the Hulk. And actually, something that was mentioned. Actually, no, a question that Wolverine asked when he was in the bar. He said, "Where are all the women?" He's like, "You That's got a bar true. full of dudes. <laughs> Where are all the women?" He found them. He found all the women. Um, what I really like about this um, is that Hulk, who is sitting in this big whatever dungeon thing and has all these women on him, he's got a beer belly. I mean, I, now that you mention it, I remember that, but I just, yeah. I just, I didn't actually think about that. I just took that as the way they were drawing this Hulk, but that's a very good point because yeah, yeah I mean, we'll it, get into it a little Hulk. bit. He's, he's a Hulk that's hurting and he has a beer belly and he's has women. Um, so that is what's going on here. So I like both those, like, I like that both things exist in that, in that scene. Sure. Well, I mean, we can jump ahead a little bit here. He's, he's trying to like battle his anger issues. That's the whole reason he's come to Tibet is he's trying to fight off this anger he has. So I guess this is a way for him to do that for him, uh, like a way for him to compensate and not get angry all the time is to, yes, maybe have 45 women around and have some beer and wings, right? Maybe right. that makes him happy and not angry. Yeah, but Tim, he was also broken up with by Betty Ross. No, no, I know. So yeah, there's a couple <laughs> things going on. He's dealing with a heartbreak because he, Betty Ross broke up with him. And he's fight. he's trying to figure out how not to be angry all the time. Yeah. Right. And I will, and, this and is he's, probably a good... I think he's figured it out. He may have figured it out. He doesn't seem all that angry to me or that heartbroken. (laughs) This is probably a good time to bring it up in this specific panel. Um, Damon Lindelof comes across to me as very horny while he's writing this book. It's a pretty horny book. Yeah, this is a horny book. Yeah, it's a horny book. Uh, So we should just uh, get that out there. (laughs) For for sort of a particularly not horny character, like the Hulk. (laughs) It's not I like know. he's not the horniest of like, when you think the Hulk, you don't think like sex appeal and, you know, yeah. horniness, but it's very, Lindelof, horny. It's does. A very yeah. Lindelof does. Lindelof is very horny while he's writing this book, I think, because it's, there's, yeah, there's just a lot of stuff in this book where it's, it's pretty horny. <laughs> there's several <laughs> yeah. moments. Yeah. Yeah. Not just with the Hulk either. No, no. 
They flash back here, though, and show us what led up to those three incidents I mentioned before. So this was kind of neat. They mentioned them, then they tell a bunch of story. Then they're Love like, it. oh, we're going to go back and tell you what those incidents were. Show you. Like, we know the Hulk was involved because they, like, alluded to that earlier, that the Hulk was the cause of these incidents. But then they show us what led up to that incident, like, to each of yeah. those explosions. And in each instance, it was because of Betty, remembering Betty in yeah. some way, and he snapped. So he yeah. just, he he remembers her, someone makes him mad, uh, reminding him of her, and he loses it. Tim, to me, this is Lindelof magic just right here on the page where if you think back to Lost, you see a picture of Kate in a mugshot and that's all you have. You have like a flyer, like on on a piece of paper, Kate in a mugshot. And then eventually we're going to get that flashback episode that shows us leading up to what happened to get to that mugshot. And I... I love it. It seems simple, a simple thing to do. Just show the conclusion and then flash back and get there. But it works on me and it worked Mm. on me in this book. I thought when we got to these moments, I was fist pumping. I was like, yes, this is awesome. This is what they talked about. And now we get to see how it happened. Interesting. So it sounds to me like you're paralleling your experience with this book with your experience with Lost in a way. And that's some of the reasons, some of the reason why you like it. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. The reasons I like this book are the reasons I like Lost, which, right. I, which I found cool. very interesting as I was reading it. Cool. Now we get to see how Bruce came to be living in the mountains here. That's the next thing they show us. He was searching for someone called the Panchen Lama, and he was looking for help with his anger issues. And this Panchen Lama is supposed to be like the number two in line next to the Dalai Lama. Right. And we see that it actually worked. Like talking to this Panchen Lama was able to calm like Bruce. I guess it's not Bruce, it's the Hulk. It's calm the Hulk. Well, I guess Bruce has the anger issues too. It calms him down. Any way you look at it. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah. He's able to get in touch with his feelings and he's not angry really anymore. We also get to see that this has worked because of when Wolverine actually comes to the mountain and they have a bit of a conversation and the Hulk is not all that upset. The way that they show us it from the other side, like from Wolverine's side, when he like gets to that mountain and he's mm-hmm. like 23 minutes or whatever away from getting ripped in half, I kind of expected him to, to walk through that door and the Hulk to rage on him. But that's yeah. not actually what we get. We get the Hulk having like a pretty normal conversation with him. And it ultimately gets to the part where they start fighting, but it wasn't like the Hulk was doing a really good job containing his emotions up to that point. So for sure, whatever he's not happened, raging and he's not dumb, you know, like he's right. speaking kind of a little more in full sentences. So there's like, yeah, yeah. The, it seems like if he can keep that anger under control, that's also what's getting in the way of making like dumb decisions. Yeah. So we've already been doing quite a bit of jumping around. And we do a lot more jumping around in this book. But I really, really like it because I feel like this story is being told from Wolverine's perspective. And this is showing us how fractured his memories are. And they actually call out to it a little bit a couple in a couple places. Wolverine is just saying like, and I don't remember exactly when this happened, but he, this happened and it's up to you guys to kind of piece this story all together. So he's like, he's narrating it to us. Yeah. I feel like the jumping around really works 
in that regard. So I, I kind of appreciated it. Totally. It's an idea that I think is really cool. It, it makes the comic sort of stand apart from other comics who that, that don't really tell it in this way. I think it is something that is very hard to pitch to anyone, very hard for anyone to say, okay, go ahead and tell the story in this way. But if you're giving it to Damon Lindelof, you know, who's working on Lost and telling stories in strange ways, you're going to, I feel like you're just going to let him do whatever he wants. And that's, I think, why this is able to happen. And he's able to tell it like this, because if you're trying to pitch that you're telling a comic story from the mind of Wolverine, which is going to be fractured and all over the place, I feel like that's a hard sell. But when it is, when it actually happens and it's on the paper, I I think it really works. For me, it does. At least I like a story that's kind of throwing me for, you know, a curveball every now and then. And I don't really know what's going on. I have to stop and think to piece it all together. I like that. I like doing work, putting in work when I'm reading a comic book. Mm -hmm. For sure. So back to Wolverine and he's climbing up the mountain at this point. He's going to get his legs. He finally gets there. But Hulk is already there waiting for him. Hmm. And he's waiting there to know which one of Wolverine's legs he should eat. He's he's being nice. He's asking Wolverine, which one? Which one should I eat? And he's saying that because he can't let Wolverine have both his legs back. Because he realizes if he gives Wolverine his legs back, Wolverine's just going to keep chasing him. So yeah. he's like, look, look, dude, I have to eat one of your legs. That's the yeah. bottom line. <laughs> I have one. to eat. Which one do you want? You can choose, but I have to eat one of them. It's so yeah. funny. And I like um, Wolverine in the moment because he's like, I can smell when someone's bluffing. And yeah, and he's, he's not. not. He's not <laughs> bluffing. It. No, he's going to eat one. <laughs> yeah. Before Hulk can eat one, though, a plane flies overhead and we hear a sonic boom. So I'm immediately thinking they have sent Wolverine to find the Hulk. Now they're dropping another nuke on both of them. Trying to just wipe them both out. That's not the case, though. Something else lands. And when the dust settles, it turns out to be Plan B. And Plan B is She-Hulk. And I am so excited. I love She-Hulk. I do too, man. I love She-Hulk. I'm really excited when, when she drops down. I'm also really excited because the two women who were behind the painting, one of them was Jennifer Walters, which is She-Hulk in the regular Marvel Universe. So I'm like, cool. Like when I read her name, I was already thinking way back in issue one, oh, that's She-Hulk. I wonder if it's She-Hulk in this universe. So She-Hulk lands. I'm super pumped. I'm happy they're putting all the pieces together. Great. They throw an awesome joke in here, though, where Betty Ross is talking to Fury and making it sound like Dr. Walters is selling a Hulk serum to the Chinese. So what Betty is doing is a misdirection so that she could actually get the serum for herself. Yeah. So Fury goes after Dr. Walters to stop her. She doesn't, he, he doesn't want the Chinese to get this serum. She's got this briefcase. They like tackle her. What's in, what's in the case? <laughs> what's in the case? They open it up. It's not a Hulk serum. It's a bootleg copy of the new Star Trek film from the Chinese. Great job. The, mo- the movie isn't due out for a few months and she paid 10 grand for a bootleg copy. Now, this is so awesome because... This issue of the comic was released in April of 2009 and Star Trek 2009 was actually released one month after this. So this is like a perfect timeline joke. And Lindelof was involved 
in Star yeah. Trek 2009. So he's throwing this in there. It's just, it's a hilarious, I find it so hilarious that that's the joke, that she's buying a copy of Star Trek 2000, a bootleg copy of Star Trek 2009. I I just, I laugh, I laugh so hard at that. It's one of my favorite jokes in the comic, it's one of my favorite moments in the comic, and you don't get it unless Lindelof takes four years to write the story, right? Like, he started in 2005, you're not getting this joke back in 2005, so it's kind of cool that although people had to wait a long time, you get a topical joke at the moment um, when it comes out in 2009. You're also never getting a Star Trek joke in a Marvel comic unless, (laughs) like, Lindelof or someone from Star Trek is involved. Like, I feel like the reason they were able to push this through is because he is involved with Star Trek, so... yeah. Completely unexpected. The last thing I'm expecting to be in that briefcase is a Star Trek bootleg movie. It's it's so funny. So Betty is actually the one who stole this serum and she injects herself and becomes She-Hulk. Twist. So not Jennifer Walters in this universe. Uh, The She-Hulk in this universe, it is actually Betty Ross. Yeah, they got you. Ha! They got got me big time. They got me big time. I knew the whole time. But they got oh, you. Oh, you did, hey? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I knew that they were going to make that twist in this in this book. Oh, I could, man. I smelt it a mile away, like Wolverine. <laughs> a mile up. You smelt it a mile <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, smelt it a mile up. I'm like, is that Betty Ross? Is She-Hulk a mile up? No, I, I'm <laughs> kidding. And Here's the thing, though. Betty Ross, yeah. who is dating Bruce Banner and broke up with him, she wants to save his life. That's so yeah. sweet of her. That's why she's doing this. She wants to save his life. I know. She doesn't well, want to date him, but she doesn't want him to die. Yeah, true. Yeah, I guess that's, yeah. Because we don't really get into even why they broke up. It's just they no. broke up. So, mm. and then, yeah, she doesn't want him to die. So, um, She-Hulk is there at the, at the fight, at the Wolverine-Hulk fight. And Hulk gets emotional from Betty's gesture, from her thoughtful yeah. gesture. And he even sheds a tear at first. Hmm. And then he just wants to break her in half. Yeah, the, the, the anger comes angry. through. The anger comes yeah. through. Now we get to a page here that tells us that issue five that we're now on is going to be told in five parts. Cool. So th- that was weird. I thought that was weird yeah. that they're telling us. They don't. Comics don't often like stop you and say, "This is how we're going to do the next issue." Yeah, it's just like, as told in five parts. Yeah, it's very I strange. guess it's such a weird idea that they felt like they had to preface it with like, we are going to break this issue up into five very weird things. So just, just so you know. Yeah, I think it's another area where like, they're just trying to be different in this comic. And it's like, okay, we're going to break this issue into five parts. And what if we tell everybody at the start? Nobody tells everybody how many parts there are. I think right. that's kind of like, it's kind of be trying to be quirky um yeah it honestly, worked it was it was quirky it was, I, I was fun that's exactly what i was gonna say honestly it works on me totally i like the vibe of um i like the vibe of most of these like devices they're using to yeah. kind of trip me up in the storytelling it keeps me on my toes i like it I, I i liked reading like all these different types of things so when i get to the part where i'm like this issue will be in five parts i'm like great give it to me i'm ready for it yeah i'm, I'm i was pretty down with it too yeah. So part one is Wolverine naked in a bamboo field where he has a conversation with a panda bear. So what are you thinking after part one of this five part series? Uh, I like it. I like I, I like part one. You like the part where he's talking to a panda bear? I do. I love it. It's supposed to be a spirit animal. And he's Wolverine's upset because he thinks his spirit animal should be a Wolverine. 
I like that's I think why I like it because he thinks he knows what his spirit animal is and this this panda's like no 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 your spirit animals why would it be a wolverine just because you chose the name wolverine I think it's really I think it's fun and then he even like fights the polar or the yeah they get into a fight so yeah it I like it I think it's fun. the panda says that a wolverine isn't even a spirit animal. They're not interested in being spirit animals. <laughs> right. so that's not even an option. So maybe if that was an option, that would be a spirit animal, but they're not spirit animals. So I, I was I was a bit thrown off here. I was like, this is weird. Um, I think it, I don't know. It's, it's, this was bordering on a little bit too weird for me. Okay. So for me, we earlier, we had a one panel where a, um, panda bear bit wolverine in the shoulder and then he was like oh no no no! we have to go further back than that further back than that it's while he was flashing back in one of the uh one of the pages and this was just one of the panels and so when i saw that i was like what's that gonna be about why is there a bear attacking him so then we get to this and it's sort of like a dream sequence type thing for me it made the pieces fall together a little bit more where i was like oh okay it's just sort of this spirit animal dream sequence so i'm I, i'm okay with it um i thought we were going to have to take a whole nother detour in the story to figure out why he's fighting a panda bear um yeah. which i mean again kind of going with lost maybe this is one of those things where he set up a panda bear fight and then later he's like how am i supposed to pay that off i guess i'll just make it a dream you know it could it could be something like that you take this panda bear part out of the book and the book is even tighter i think this is a a bit of a misstep this one it doesn't do anything for the book um it's just some weird thing that they threw in so i say i say take it if you take this out nothing is lost from the book nothing at all you're right it's actually like i had fun with it but it is completely unnecessary it's fun you're right it is fun but yeah, I think it actually is now that now that we're talking about it, I think it actually is him setting something up at the beginning and not having enough time to flesh it out. So he just has to put it in so that there's no questions about the bear because, you know, you know, Lindelof gets questions about bears and things. Yeah, he does. Now, part two, I liked a bit better, is Wolverine's head having a conversation with Nick Fury. Now, right. this is a very cool idea where it is legitimately just Wolverine's head. They have cut off his head. He's still alive. He's still surviving. And Nick Fury is questioning him. And it's like kind of after the fact. Uh, he wants to know what happened when She-Hulk arrived. Um, they they do some real cool stuff here. Like they're saying, uh, or Fury's saying, like, we tried to kill you, Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Like, we actually tried to kill you. Uh, you're only alive because, like, you're this fascinating specimen. But he's like, uh, you're, the way you're living right now is you're breathing through your skin. Like that's how yeah. you're breathing, and uh, Fury's like we, like we put a bag over your head so that you couldn't breathe. And guess what happened? You didn't die. It's just like yeah. he can't <laughs> be killed. Yeah, I, I like this idea and this because this is like a fresh idea. This is a new idea because in the regular Marvel universe, you can cut off Wolverine's head and that's how he dies. Like that's what like Professor X has said. If you need to kill him, you cut off his head because he can't grow limbs. Just like. Deadpool can he can't do that so if you cut off his head he is dead so I really like that we do it in this ultimate universe we cut off his head but he's still going great yeah I think that's that's how you have to write him if you're going to write him going head to head with the Hulk right totally you have to write him yeah yeah what I wanted to say though is that Fury is a real prick in this book Mm -hmm. like he's actively trying to kill the Hulk right he dropped a nuke on him he's now trying to kill Wolverine just like yeah trying to see if he can kill him and we haven't seen it quite yet, but apparently it comes up 
fairly soon, but Fury actually drops a second nuke on Hulk and Wolverine and She-Hulk trying to wipe them all out. Like he's trying to kill everybody. He makes he's it seem like he, he makes it seem like he's just like we just got to kill the Hulk. He wants to kill everybody. Like anybody yeah. he can kill that's like not on his side, he'll take the opportunity to kill. He is a sleaze bag in this yeah. book. He doesn't make one choice in this book that isn't a sleaze bag move. Especially when we get to the end, he is just the ultimate sleaze bag. He is the villain of the comic. Yeah. I Really like when this is what Nick Fury is. I like that Nick Fury has to be the guy that operates in like the shadows, operates in like all the the black ops stuff that no one wants to do. He has to run it and he has to make these hard choices. So I like when he's sort of the villain. He's making all the poor, or not not the poor choices. He's just making all of the hard choices that nobody likes to read. Um, I, I, I agree like with that. that. I like that type of Fury. I like I like Fury like this too. This is yeah. this is the way I like to read him. Um, we didn't get that early in the book. He does a good job of like hiding his intentions, but Very it's true, clearly yeah. coming out here and later in the book. So uh, yeah. back to part three is the fight between Hulk and She-Hulk. So Hulk has right. attacked She-Hulk. They're fighting. During this fight, they seem to like rekindle their love for each other. <laughs> Perhaps. But that's like right when the nuke gets dropped on them. So yeah. that was part three. Part four, we see Forge breaking Wolverine out of prison and Wolverine gets Forge to build two collars. He wants two collars that can't be removed. Now Forge is like yeah. this guy who can build, he can build anything. His like mutant ability is to, he can build anything. So Wolverine wants these collars. Now these collars are, are very neat. The collar converts the energy applied to it into an opposing force. So it's impossible to take it off. So as hard as you're pulling on it, the collar like reverses that energy into keeping it on, which is yeah. a neat idea. And Forge says, it's totally cool. Forge says it'll, it'll work um, unless you can generate the weight of the moon, which is 81 billion tons of pressure. And I love this part because he looks at Wolverine. He's like, what you're going to put this on can't generate that kind of power. Right. And Wolverine's kind of like, uh, yeah. Hmm. I don't, I don't think nah. so, but yeah. I'm, I'm not too sure. Like, I loved that. He wasn't, she wasn't certain. I love it. I love the like little beat it takes for him to like think about it and then basically be like, nah, it can't be. It yeah, can't be. Exactly. He but, doesn't like, believe, he, he doesn't, doesn't believe know, himself saying it. Yeah. He doesn't believe himself saying it. There's no way. No, nah, I couldn't. Yeah, he couldn't possibly do yeah. that, right? <laughs> that was great. Now, part five is where we see Nick Fury watching surveillance footage of Wolverine and Forge talking. And Wolverine says he's going to Casablanca. So this is how Fury knows where to go to like chase Wolverine down. So, so Wolverine finds Betty Ross and tells her to put one of the collars on. And she instead decides to turn, in, turn into She-Hulk and defend herself. Yeah. I didn't really get the collars before, but now I get, I get the collar thing. She, I think she, I think he, Wolverine wants to put the collar on them in human form. Yeah. And then if they turn to the Hulk form, their heads will pop off or something like that. Right. Well, like, so, yeah, or they'll be get choked out because they, yeah. they, their neck will grow, but they will yeah. not, the collar won't grow. Right. So yeah. they'll just be choked and die. Yeah. I think their heads are pop right off. Great. That's, 
they be they go from so small to so big like that. True. Yeah. I see. I see those heads popping right off. You see those heads just boop. <laughs> How'd you do that? Here we go. And pretty good. Yeah. Now, Wolverine is uh, actually fairly quickly able to defeat She-Hulk. I guess her skin is not really as tough as the Hulk, and he's able to yeah. like, um, like claw right through her into her vital organs. So he uh, kind of gets her under control. Um, yeah. Gets her to turn back to to Betty and put the collar on, and then he goes to find Banner on a plane to Casablanca, and he kind of like startles Banner, is able to put the collar around his neck, and wants Banner to turn into the Hulk to kill himself. One thing I don't think we've mentioned very much is how grumpy of a guy Wolverine is in this book. Yeah. Like he he is also everybody's like mad and upset in this book. It's it's really interesting. Just a bunch of grumpy guys going at it with each other. Yeah, definitely. There's no real positive vibes coming off of anybody. No. So well, Banner and, and, oh, I was just going to say only like the male characters have a lot of depth to them and we're talking about like banner who's hurting we're talking about wolverine who's you know being kind of that grumpy cowboy cool asshole type and then you got nick fury who's just like a sleazeball so those are your three that you're dealing with and no one's really having a positive time yeah there are like zero redeeming characters in this book zero yeah (laughs) so wolverine finds banner on a plane to casablanca and sticks the collar on his neck and wants him to turn into the Hulk to kill himself. Uh, Banner doesn't want to do that, won't have anything to do with it, and opens the airplane door and jumps out. And Wolverine jumps out after him. Now, Banner, while it doesn't seem like he has a plan, he does have a plan here. He knows that Wolverine wants to kill the Hulk, not Bruce. So Bruce is going to kill himself. Mm -hmm. But he's giving Wolverine the chance to save him. So it's up to Wolverine he to it's up to Wolverine to decide whether he'll save Banner's life, an, an innocent man, or let him die, thus killing the Hulk, thus fulfilling like his agenda. So interesting, interesting moment <laughs> with not a lot of time to decide what you're going to do because they're falling, plummeting towards the ground. So well, it's inter- it's also interesting because Wolverine has already talked about being able to smell out someone's bluff. And know that Banner's not bluffing. And now we're in the flip situation where Banner's like, I know Wolverine's bluffing. I know he's not going to let me die. He's not going to let me plummet to my death and die here. I'm going to keep calling him out until he until he saves us. Because he's not going to let Bruce die. He doesn't want Bruce to die. And this right. is like this falling through the air panels. Um, I love them. I think they're great. I think mm. this is where the sort of sketchy art really excels um, because it's a fast moving scene. You're supposed to feel like all this excitement and energy at the end. And I do feel it. I feel this excitement right at the end. And this is sort of going to be the climactic scene of the whole final issue. So it is, it does pay off with the art. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So Wolverine does end up cutting off the collar and allowing Banner to turn into the Hulk and uh, survive the landing, like when he hits landing. I find it very interesting that they initially sent Wolverine out to kill Banner, but that was never Wolverine's plan. That wasn't his agenda. His agenda was to go and kill the Hulk. That's why he took this job, because he wanted to kill the Hulk. 
Um, he ultimately saves Banner's life, which was the yeah. opposite of what his mission was, which is Very a really interesting, interesting yeah. like storytelling piece in cool. this book. So I, I just thought that's a really neat dynamic where that was yeah. never, yes, Fury sent him out to do that. The only reason Wolverine agreed was because he had a different agenda that sort of fit this plan, right? Yeah, yeah I'll do it because I don't care about Banner. I'm not killing him. If I can kill the Hulk, I'll try to do that. I just, it's really cool. Now, good old Nick Fury is waiting for Wolverine and the Hulk when they land. He's just there. He's there. In the middle of the desert, he's there waiting for them. Like this guy. He knows. He, he knows everything. Knows, man. He knows everything. That son of a bitch knows everything. He knows everything, man. He, he He's like Santa Claus. He sees you when you're sleeping and he knows when you're awake. Oh, yeah. Nice. Now, Fury tells Hulk that Hulk is free. After trying to kill him this whole book, drops two nukes on him, Sends out Wolverine. She-Hulk tries. I guess he realizes, like, we can't stop this guy. So he's like, well, okay, you're free. And he asks Banner to come work for him. Yeah. And Hulk is not interested. But uh, Fury says they have Betty locked up. And they are trying to undo the She-Hulk serum. Yeah. And they don't want Hulk to come work for them. They want Bruce. And if he does, he'll be locked in a cell. But he'll be locked there with Betty. So it's like, what, what, who would agree to this? Like, this is bullshit, man. This is a bullshit deal. Um, yeah. Hulk is clearly not interested in this. Uh, he's clearly not interested in working for Fury again. And Fury takes off. And Hulk and Wolverine have a small chat where Hulk tells Wolverine that he should, he should talk to someone about his anger issues because it's bad for his soul. Hmm. And Wolverine tells him his soul was ripped out a long time ago. Yikes. And Hulk says, yeah, yikes. Hulk says, I thought you grow everything back. And uh, Wolverine tells him to F off. And then it ends. (laughs) Two guys walking into the sunset. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Two angry dudes. Two angry dudes. I do like the idea that, uh, that the anger is the part that makes Hulk like sort of childish. You know, it makes the Hulk sort of dumb. Um, where when he just is trying to keep the anger at bay, that's when he can still be the Hulk and also talk like intelligently. Um, because it's, it's that whole idea where you're like blinded by your anger, right? You're going to say dumb things when you're angry because you're not thinking straight. And I, I really liked that sort of idea in the book, which I haven't really seen before. You know, I've seen Hulk try to get like, get control of, of, the hulk you know like banner try to get control of the hulk but it's always when he turns into the hulk he's dumb you know and he's just smashing things and you know causing um you know all this like death and destruction everywhere so i like the idea that it was the anger part and if you could get the anger under control you could still be big and muscular and be smart yeah i I like that i think that was i think that's an idea that's come up before um like the the gray hulk is like the the mix of intelligence mm, without right. anger, but with power. So I, th- I think it is that whole idea where the anger um, is pure Hulk, right? Yeah. And yeah. Banner is pure intelligence. But when you can mix these two together and they can uh, work together, then you get rid of the anger. You still have the strength, but you get some of the intelligence. So I think what's happening here is um, the less angry Hulk gets – the more Banner is able to uh, be a part of the picture and yeah. kind of like share his uh, his his skill set with with, right. with the Hulk. So 
Yeah, it's, this it's, is the first one I've read though that it's the just the absence of anger that can bring the intelligence forward, which I thought was I thought that was pretty neat. So in other instances, it's what it's like messing with serums I, or stuff like that. I or feel like yeah, it's like chemi- a mix. Chemicals. Like you're saying, it's a mix of the two. It's like how to yeah. mess with the serum so that it's a mix of the two. This is the one where it's just like if you just control your anger, you can still be the Hulk. Um, at least right. for me, that's the that's this is the first thing I've read that's like that. Okay, let's get to what if. So before the podcast, I thought this might be a good what if, and now hearing some of the stuff you have to say about it, I think this is going to be a not so good what if. Oh no. So my what if, yeah, you ruined it again. Um, My what if is what if they ordered this comic in chronological order instead of the fragmented approach? Do you like it better or worse? Now I will just say, I think if you do it that way, Yes, you will lose the neat fragmented memories and that that aspect and dynamic of the book. But personally, I feel like this story would work better being told in order. I think the climax hits even harder if you're reading this one in chronological order. Now, I, I I'm like I love stories that are told out of sequence, but in this case, I think it might hit better in chronological. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I do like the story fragmented like this. Um, I there there was things in like this book is pretty good. I en- I enjoyed it as I read it, but there were things in it I didn't like. There were definitely uh, story points I didn't like. Um, so I feel like going through it just chronologically, those things would have stuck out more for me. When it, when I had all these sort of gimmicks in the storytelling, that's what kept me um going with it like that's what kept me really interested in it trying to figure out what was going on um so uh, like just the sort of the magic that i think that lindelof has is this sort of weird storytelling so i really really enjoyed that when i picked up a comic that's also what i was getting um if it was just a straightforward story to me i might not even have liked it i i totally understand that it is a much more like clear story and it can work linear but for me i liked it all jumbled up um there is only one fight between the Hulk and Wolverine in this in this book, and it happens on page two. So he kind of has to flash back a bunch of times to keep the action going. Whereas if it's linear, like like you would want, you would get it right in the middle, or you get it almost even you know issue three or four. That's when that fight actually would happen um, through you know chronologically through the time. So if he wants that big shock page right away. We kind of have to flash back because that's the only fight. I would have personally liked one more fight at the end um, where they actually, where they were just jumping out of a plane and that was the big action scene. I would have, I would have preferred maybe hitting the ground and having one more fight, but uh, yeah, I can't say, I can't say I would like it better if it was a linear told story because, because that to me is the magic in the book is, is what Lindelof can bring with that fragmented story. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I think that's. I think it's an interesting technique, but I don't think it's the 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 magic. I think the magic is the story, and yeah. I think the the fragmented jumping around is an interesting technique. 
But I think the story is strong enough to stand out on its own. And uh, yeah, I, th- I, I would have, I think it would have been interesting to read it that way. I, I love that the book starts out on page two with Wolverine getting ripped in half. Uh, but then the, the way that we like, so for shock value, that's fantastic. But the way that we learn about why that happened is lost. We, we don't feel, we don't feel strongly about either character at that point. We just see it happening. And we're like, wow, Hulk ripped Wolverine in half. That's so cool. But if you took four issues to build up both of these characters backstory and you're ready for this fight to happen, and then you're expecting this epic fight. And in two seconds, Hulk rips Wolverine in half. I think it works better because it makes more sense for us. Um, understanding what Hulk had gone through at that point and like where he's at emotionally. Um, I think, I don't know. I think, I think this technique works really good if your story's not all that tight and you need some sort of gimmick to, to kind of push your story over the edge. I think Lindelof is such a great writer. I think his story was already there. And maybe he didn't need to do it this way. Now, possibly with this big gap in the time, like he wrote two issues and then had like a three-year hiatus. Um, maybe he didn't have this whole thing planned out at the start. Uh, so maybe like this was the way that he could put it all together. But when it's all said and done, I think, yeah, in, in this instance, I think chronological might have worked better for for uh, for me. So Yeah, I definitely get your, your point, your flip side of it, because... Um... He Lindelof is really good at characters. He's really good at writing depth and characters. And I would have felt it more if it was in chronological order. I would have felt Wolverine and Bruce's, um, you know, sort of depth when we got to that point instead of getting to that point and then learning the depth later. It's just a different, yeah, it's a different technique of how to get there. Um, flashback sort of things are just my jam. They always work on me. When we talked about Lock and Key, the volume where they flash where they flash back is just my favorite volume. Just because I love knowing stuff about the, like an outcome and then seeing how we got there. It's I just really like it, and that's like what Lindelof does in this book. So it it really worked for me the way the story mechanic was. But I hundred percent get what you're saying. They would have way more depth when we got to that point if it was chronological. Yeah. All right, dude, we did it. We made it. Dean, thanks for joining. Yeah, man. And thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll catch you next time. everybody i'm Corey, and i'm zach and we're the hosts of podcasting after dark a cast dedicated to late night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s often found on hbo and cinemax you know the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid you can find us every other week on apple Podcasts, spotify podbean and stitcher this is what you want this is what you get That's it for another episode. Thanks to everyone for listening. If you'd like to drop us a line, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as TalkBackPod, or by email at TalkBackPod at gmail.com. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews will help more people find Talking Back. All right, that's it. We're done.